We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, 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 it's Irish Breakdown, uh, and I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is that guy right there. That's Brian Driscoll. He's the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And it is Thursday. It's amazing how fast the week goes. It is. Uh, but it, it Tommy is. Gunn's uh, coming in hot right away with the Super Chat. Thanks, Tommy. IB Nation. Here we go. It's Prediction Thursday, everybody. I love how and- corny you are. <laughs> people have no idea. I absolutely love it, and I mean that. I love it. It's, I think it's that's partly genuine. because I'm a, Gen- Vince is oh. genuinely fired up to be here today. Yeah, so. no question. It, it's partly because I'm a teacher, and partly because I have kids. I'm just right. I'm a goofball, and it is what yeah. it is. So, uh, but anyway, I'm excited. We got our prediction show. We're going to talk matchups. We're going to talk our keys to a Notre Dame victory, and then we're going to give our predictions. And, of course, we want to hear everybody else's predictions. But hold on to your predictions until we get to the prediction part because I don't want to lose them in the chat. Yes, Because yes. um, we it's like, like to throw I them up as we're talking. I guarantee you, Coleman, yours will not be there no. when we get down to it. So no. Go ahead and throw that up there. Antoine Porsche Rideau also has one up there. There we go. Uh, there so, we go. obviously, we have some. But, yes, please hold off on your predictions. Once we kind of start talking about predictions, then bring yours up and then we'll – We'll throw yours up as we're kind of going absolutely, absolutely. We want to give you guys a chance to get your your scores out there too. So and that way we can, you know, we got a permanent record that you made a prediction that you made, and if you are wrong, we're going to hammer you. I'm just <laughs> no, not at all, because <laughs> we were both wrong last yes. week. So yes. you know, it, yes. it is what it is, man. So, uh, so let's just jump right in, Brian. Uh, mm-hmm. Our matchups. Let's talk offense. Well, no, first. I want to talk. Oh. No, I want to talk. Th- we, we see this is why we had you our show prep, and you weren't. <laughs> We're going this to me. I want to first dive into what's at stake in this game. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, um, I know it's yeah. at least two and a half minutes since we talked about it, so I, I understand it's been a while two minutes <laughs> and 29 seconds to be precise. <laughs> I, I think this is to me, this is the game that's going to determine Notre Dame season. And I, I try not, I try to avoid those hyperbolic, you know, this game matters more than any other, but I, I truly believe how this team responds to this game is going to tell us if this team has the mentality to bounce back and and win the rest of their games. Look, last Saturday was was awful. And Notre Dame beat themselves. True. They got embarrassed in my opinion on a national stage by a non-power 5 team. It's a good power five, non-power 5 team, but it's still Cincinnati. You know, right. somebody asked right. me, you know, will recruits start looking at Cincinnati? No, no, cuz they're still going to it's still Cincinnati. You know. And and it was a it was a it was an avoidable loss, but it was it was things that happened over a period of time how do you bounce back from that? Right. And, and that's going to determine your team. You know, you look at some of these past Notre Dame teams and you, and you look at how they bounce back in 2017, Notre Dame goes on the road, gets blown out by Miami. They didn't handle that very well. Yeah. You know, they barely beat a, a Navy team the next week and then went on the road and, you know, blew a fourth quarter lead and ended up losing by 18 to Stanford. Right. 20, 20. Uh, <clears throat> but earlier in that season, they lose to Georgia, and I thought they handled that really well, right? So, I mean, two different teams, same team, two different responses, right? One early, one later. I'm concerned that this is going to be more like the later in the season victory that Notre Dame had in 2017 that was like, well, we lost, we're now the playoff hunt, and, you know, you just – do, do they lose that edge? 
that's a legitimate question. You look at 2019, you know, they lose to Georgia uh, early in the season in heartbreaking fashion on the road. They bounce back that next week with a convincing win over Virginia. Sputtered a little bit for the first half. They were losing at halftime 17-14, but then they came out the second half and the D-line just took over. If you remember, Vince, I think it was like back-to-back possessions. First time they force a fumble, uh, that Myron Tungvaloa runs back. They He gets it inside, I think, like the 10. And Tony Jones punches it in. I think it was a possession or two later. Uh, they get another sack that, that Adi Ogundiji picks up and runs back to the house. And next thing you know, it's a, it's a route. Right. And they handled that really well. And then you look at later, you know, later in 2019, they lost again to Michigan. And I don't think they handled that that next game against Virginia Tech really well. You know, Ian Book had two red zone interceptions. Uh, they fumbled the ball to one yard line that Virginia Tech ran it back. But at the end of the day, that team showed some heart. And even though they didn't play well for three and a half quarters, they got a chance with three minutes left to, you know, d- you know, down twenty to fourteen, and and Ian Book converts two fourth downs. They go down and he runs it in, and they they win the game. Right? It was ugly, but they got the win. And for me, I don't really care if it's if they win six to three. They just need to show me that they've bounced back emotionally because if you lose this game and you go into the bye week with two straight losses, it's going to tell me two things. Number one, that this coaching staff doesn't know how to push the right buttons to get this team going, which has been my big fear. And I'm more concerned about the offense. You know, a lot of people talking about the defense and disappointed in Marcus Freeman. The defense held Cincinnati 19 points below their season average, and the team lost by 11. This is not a defensive problem, okay? But we're going to find out if this offensive staff can push the right buttons. But we're also going to find out a little something about the leadership of this football team. Absolutely. And I'm not talking about the play, the coaches. I'm talking about the players. Yeah, now, I've exactly. put a lot of responsibility on the coaches so far, a lot of it, because they're the ones that get paid lots of money to, to lead. But at, at some point in time as players, you've got to be able to look each other in the eye and say, Mm-mm, nope, no more of this. This is on us. Mm-hmm. We're going to go out there. Hey, it, it, it's not coach's fault if you don't play hard. It's not coach's fault if you don't if you don't play with passion. It's not coach's fault if you don't you know, bring intensity. It's not coach's fault if you don't put in the prep work this week. It's not coach's fault if you don't get in the film room, put in that extra work to make sure that you're not making those same mistakes that you've been making. That's on us. Right. And I want to see what kind of leadership this team has. And if they don't bounce back against Virginia Tech, it's going to tell me this team doesn't have the leadership and the character needed to be the team it's capable of being. If they bounce back, Vince, it's going to make me it's going to send me into the bye week feeling really good about exactly what I just said. The leadership of this football team is going to show me something this weekend. And and so that's what we're going to find out. But that's what's at stake. And I mean, Look, there's a lot more at stake too, Vince, in regards to not so much from this game, but the fallout of this game moving forward. You've got a heck of a recruiting class you're trying to hold on to. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got a 2023 class that you're trying to build. You can't have these kind of losses, right? And Virginia right. Tech's a good football team. This is a talented football team. We're going to dive into that. And we've talked about that the last two days. The reality is this is a talented football team. It's not a team that's more talented than Notre Dame, and I don't nope. care where they play. I don't. They could play Lane Stadium, Notre Dame Stadium, or Mars. I don't care. Notre Dame still has more talent than Virginia Tech does. But what kind of mental mindset is Notre Dame going to be in? Yeah. I mean, that's the question because they can't afford to lose this game. Well, and I, and I think that that was pro- – of all the things that happened on Saturday, I think that's what disappointed me the most was the apparent lack of player leadership in that game. Um, it just, it, it bothered me. Like it, I, I came away with just a, just a bad feeling about the way things kind of went down from a player standpoint now. And, and look, I, I listened to the inside the garage podcast and all that. And, you know, the guys talked about how, uh, you know, they gave, you know, some players gave some impassioned, uh, you know, speeches at halftime and, 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 uh, and that kind of thing. And that's great. You know, speeches are great. But I need to see it on the field. Like right. I, I need to see more leadership on the field. You know, from a play-to-play basis, and I, and I didn't see it. Um, and again, could be a one-game thing, mm-hmm. uh, or is an epidemic type because, thing. Because that is true. I mean, right. there, look, sometimes you just nah, we didn't have it today. I right. mean, it, it happens. I get it. It happens. It, look, but how do you handle eighteen that? to twenty-two year olds? I get mm-hmm. it. Right. Even it, it happens in the NFL all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole any given Sunday type of thing. Well, it, it can happen to really good college football teams too. And so, you know, is so so what that means is why this game is so important 
is because, okay, was the Cincinnati game an isolated thing? Or is it was it kind of like the beginning of where things are headed, right? Mm-hmm. Those things are going to be somewhat answered on Saturday night in Blacksburg. And so that's why this game is is just so important. It, it, it's so important to for me to see – again, I'm going to be watching it on TV, but you can still get an idea – of the passion level, the the leadership. There's still things that you can see, and I'll be asking you too because you'll be there. But uh, it, this is a very important game for this team. It, it's mm-hmm. We said last week that last week's game is going to kind of define where the season goes. I kind of feel a little bit even more strongly about this mm-hmm. game defining where the rest of the season goes. Right. So we'll see. Right. Because now it's about it's about going in a different direction. Right. Right. Absolutely. It's, do you just, hey, look, we had an off day. We're fine. We bounce back. You trust the process. You put in the work, and then you get after it. Or do you see a bunch of overreactions and finger pointing, and it's not me, it's you, it's this, that, and the other, and then you have no, you have no leadership? Notre Dame football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the Internet to find Irish tickets anymore. That's because TickPick – That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all Notre Dame tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all Notre Dame tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. The Irish are back on the road again this Saturday night as they travel to Blacksburg, Virginia to take on the Virginia Tech Hokies. Can they rebound after last week's showing? Find out in person by scooping up your tickets at TickPick.com. Just visit TickPick.com slash Irish today and use the promo code Irish to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. Again, that's TickPick.com slash Irish and use the promo code IRISH to save $10 on your first order of Notre Dame tickets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So those are the things, Vince, that you just kind of, we don't know until we see it, right? And I remember being at the Michigan game in 2019, and I'm watching the team warm up, and I had someone who I know very well who was actually down on the field before the game, you know, comes up to me at, at, be 20 minutes before the game starts. He's like, man, they're, they're not ready to play today. Right. They're flat. They're, they're, they're just, they don't want to yeah. be here. Right. And of course they went out and played exactly like that. We can't see that. Like to your point, you, you don't just flip that switch on right before kickoff. All right. right. You, you, cause you have, cause the reason I say that is you wake up with that. You, you, you get out of bed with that, man, I'm pissed off. It, it's been building all week. It isn't something that you're just like, all right, I've been going through the motions all week. Well, let me turn the switch on. I'm fired up. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's something you've been doing this entire process. It's it's got to be with the coaches in the film room, with the players in the film room, with the players on the practice field, with the coaches on the practice field, where it's all about, hey, no, we're never again. We're Notre Dame. You know what I mean? Like, we're not doing this again. And 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 let's make sure that it doesn't happen again. And and that's what you know. That's what I'm looking for. And so you know, I think Mark asks a really good question, Vince. That's part of this discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what leaders will need to step up. You know, and for me, offensively, it's you know, look, I did an article saying time to shine, and I talked about Jarrett Patterson, and I said, look, I, I don't need Jarrett Patterson to to play like Quentin Nelson, but I need Jarrett Patterson to 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 do what we've seen from past captains, right? Do what we've seen from Robert Hainsey in the past, from Hold Alex Bars in the past, Clinton Nelson in the past. Hey, look, fellas, this isn't on Coach Quinn. This isn't on Coach Trevor. 
This isn't on Coach Reese. We got to step up and exactly. show some pride. Yes. Right. And and here's the thing: if you if you if you don't even if you mess up your assignments, we're going to play hard. Okay, we're going to battle. We're going to hit them in the mouth because there's no excuse for that. There's no coaching involved in that. That's about you. And whatever yep. you think your assignment is, do it hard. And if you make a mistake, we'll clean it up on the sidelines. But play hard. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see Kyron Williams kind of put his foot up some people's you-know-whats this week. Hey, I'm out here leaving everything I got on the field. You know what I'm saying? Why aren't you? You know, get on, get in the receiver's faces if you have to. Hey, I'm out here playing my butt off. Why aren't you catching balls? Right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um, that's okay. That's that's accountability. I mean, I've told stories about how I remember interviewing Alex Bars, and he was talking about how when you were on the team with Quentin Nelson, when you were a line mate with Quentin Nelson, you couldn't have a day where you didn't bring it. Right. Because he was going to bring it, number one, and he was going to let you know you weren't bringing it if you weren't bringing it, number two. And you're going to tell him, no, man, I'm good. I, I just, look, man, I got to test him. No, right? right. And, and that's the level of accountability that, that you have to have. Uh, you know, Defensively, I want to see it from Kyle Hamilton. Look, you're the All-American. You're the future top 10 NFL draft pick, right? You're the guy that everyone put counts on. You've got to also – you're a captain, right? You can't just say, hey, I'm a junior. No, you're a captain, okay? You're a captain. Right. You've got to be the one to stand up, stand up and say, hey, look, enough is enough. We're, we're not going to give up these big plays anymore. Go do your job. And I'm going to do mine. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to do that, you better you can't get on Kevin Austin for dropping a ball and then go drop a wheel route on the next play. Right. Or fumble the ball. You got to do you got to hold up your end of the bargain. And so to me, it's just it's an energy level that we're going to see. And it's going to be obvious during pregame. And then it's going to be I obvious. Agree. I mean, we're going to know by the middle of the first quarter if Notre Dame is emotionally ready to play this game. Yep. That's that's where we're at. So that, to me, is, is what at stake. And this is a big test for Brian Kelly because, again, it gets down to, okay, you haven't lost a whole lot of games in the last four and a half seasons. How are you going to be able to get this team emotionally back? <clears throat> you didn't get them emotionally ready to play last week. Okay, it is what it is. Now, what's, what's forward? We're going to keep talking about Cincinnati all year. Okay, now it's time to give us a new narrative. Okay, if you don't want us talking about the O line, then do what you got to do to get the O line to play better. You're the head coach. You're making a lot of money, right? This is your job. You're you're the you're the all time wins leader at Notre Dame. Okay, show me that you are a Hall of Famer. Okay, and, and get this football team emotionally ready to play the game. Hold your coaches accountable. Hold your players accountable, and hold yourself accountable, and get this team ready to go play. Because if they can bounce back from this game and impressively beat Virginia Tech, and I'm not saying that they will but if they do now all of a sudden this team can look at the Cincinnati game and it's completely buried it look it's gone we you know we we it, it's in the past we're going to learn some lessons from it but we're not, we're past it okay now it's now it's on the prize now let's go out there and, and put a hurting on some teams I want to have a captain I don't care about saying it publicly but I want somebody to say what Drew Tranquil said which is after they lost to Georgia which is like hey I feel real sorry for whoever we're going to play next I want to see that from this team. You're pissed at us for being hard on you guys or whatever else. Then then go take it out on Virginia Tech. That's what I want to see. And that's going to tell us what kind of what kind of character this football team has, in my opinion. No question. No question. And you're right. We're going to know it real quick. We're going to know it real quick. And I don't want to say I was disappointed. I didn't hear it from uh, you know a player this week. We didn't really get a chance to talk to a lot of the players this week. Um, thanks to Brian Kelly. And um, so I I wanted to hear, you know, hey, this is my team. We're putting them on the, my yeah. back. We're going to go. We're going to do this. You know, but again, we didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. So and honestly, I, I, you know, this is what I said to Sean on the radio show the other night. So what we're referring to is on Tuesday night, we had gotten a list of the players that were going to be available as Avery Davis, Myron Tungvaloa, some guys like that. And right before. So people leave their homes drive there, get their work ready and all that. Because there was I'm no watching. Zoom option. Yeah. Our, our beat writer – oh, I didn't know that. So our I don't beat think. writer drove an hour to get there from his house, and we show up and they pick up the cards that they'd put on there, and they say, hey, look, we decided we're not going to send you who we said we're going to send you. They sent four walk-ons on Chris Tyree. Now, I have no nothing against the walk-ons. There's no time to prep for them and all this other kind of stuff, but it was just kind of, a to me, a petty move. But I'll be honest with you. If they would have announced that beforehand – Hey, listen, we're going to give our guys a week off. It was an emotional week. We're going, we're going to give our regulars a week off. We're going to send you guys these four walk-ons. I just said, you know what? Cool. 
cool. Because at this point in time, I don't care what they have to say. I'm a, That's where you and I are definitely not on the same page. I don't care what the players have to say. I want to see it. Because you can – They look, these are smart kids. They Absolutely. know what to say. They always know what to say. I don't care what they say. It's about action at some point in time. Uh, so so that's the thing that I want to see. And Ben Tarnoski, thank you very, very much for your super chat. I appreciate you very, very much. Well, he so he that, has his, his comments are after that that he didn't he didn't kind of attach it, which I want to make sure we hit. He says, My wife and I went to our first Notre Dame game this Saturday. Been a dream of mine since I was nine. And despite the loss, nothing could have made that trip bad. Such an incredible place. Thank you both for what you do, contributing uh, to it with the game weekend events article. Very helpful. Well, I'm glad that that worked out well. That's awesome. I'm very awesome. glad that worked awesome, out well. Awesome. And look, the first Notre Dame game I went to, they lost 37 nothing, and I still smile when I think about that day. <laughs> right. They lost 37 nothing, and right. that ugly, those 1977 throwback <laughs> uniforms. I had to watch Evan Sharpley play quarterback at Notre Dame. But nothing kind of tarnished that day because it was my first time being in that stadium and, and, and on that campus and all that. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed yourself. But, yeah, but here we are, Vince. It's it's now time to dive into this matchup because, I mean, this is a this is a big one. This is yes. this is gut check time for Notre Dame, right? This is gut no check. No question. Because this is a good Virginia Tech team, but it's not a Virginia Tech team that should be beating a, a, a program like Notre Dame. Absolutely correct. And I think that's a really good way to put it. I give Virginia Tech all all the respect in the world. I mean, look, they it was down to you know Virginia Tech and Notre Dame for Chris Tyree. Okay, no, you're, no, you're, no, it wasn't. Oh well, they were involved. They were involved. No, well, they were early, but it came down to Oklahoma, Alabama, Notre Dame. Okay, all right, because well, because Virginia Tech's not a big time. Program. Okay, that 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 was going to be the next thing I was going to say. So look, they're they're, they're a tear down, and it, it's okay. I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with that. That they, they they can compete in their division in the ACC, and you know, and all that, and that's fine. They're a good team, but they, they're they not Notre Dame. They should not be able to compete with Notre Dame. And that's – people can get mad that I say that, and that's fine, but that's just a fact. That, mm-hmm. that, that's just where we are with, with the, the landscape of college football right now. Now, could I see Notre Dame losing to Virginia Tech? Yeah, because this is a good Virginia Tech team. But if Notre Dame plays the way they need to play, then no, I don't see it. So that mm-hmm. those are the matchups we're going to talk about here um, and Brian and I were talking, you know, before the the show, and I, I my, in my head, it's, I'm so big picture right now uh, that coming up with like individual matchups and things like that. Can't it's get like, into the weeds. Yeah, like we're gonna have to f- switch roles. Vince is the head coach now, and I'm the coordinator because Vince is like <laughs> thinking big picture, and I'm like, okay, this matchup and this and this. Yeah, and this, right. And this. Exactly. So, yeah. but th- so but let's jump into it. There's definitely some intriguing matchups for this game, Vince. And I think, okay. well, you know, we'll start with the – you said we're going to start with the Notre Dame offense, correct? Let's do it. Yes. For, for me, I think the the first one for me is is Kevin Austin against Jermaine Waller and the other corners. And, and for me, Kevin Austin at some point in time is going to have to kind of get over the whole – up and down this, which I, I I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not busting his chops for now because again, yes, he's a senior, but he has not played a lot of football uh, the last two years. But you've now got five games under your belt. You know how do you bounce back? He's indicative of this entire team in in many ways because he's super talented, but didn't show up last week, and now that's two of the last three games yeah. he didn't show up. Now when he does show up, as he did he's against Wisconsin, really he's good, really freaking good, yeah. So, you know, he's got to show up. Jermaine Waller is going to be one of the four or five best corners that Notre Dame is going to play this year. He's going to have to face another good corner this week. And so he's going to have to step up and, and, and bring it. So that, to me, is a really intriguing matchup. I want to see Braden Lindsay also against the other corners because when he's matched up against someone not named Jermaine Waller, with all due respect, that's a battle Notre Dame has to win with their receivers. Their other, their other corners are good players, but – not not to the degree of of what I think the Notre Dame players are and should be. And so this is a, this is a step up time. Like, look, you guys have the talent, but at what point in time do you stop saying, oh, it's it's coaching. It's this. It's that. It's it's it's, it's gut check time. Right. Right. I mean, it's it's time to go out there and, and start making plays. It's, it's no more throwing your hands up when the quarterback doesn't throw you the ball. It's, it's about focusing on you. And, and the reality is, I think I think against Dorian Strong and Armani Chapman, I think <clears throat> whether it's Austin or or. Braden Lindsay, or we're going to see Deion. St- we're going to see Deion Colsey and Lorenzo Styles this week because 
Joe Wilkins Jr. is out for the year. They announced today he's out for the year, which means Notre Dame is down to, I think, six scholarship wide receivers since five transferred since the end of last season. Wow. Uh, you know, so they're in a situation. What was, what was now, the injury? Because I obviously MCL, didn't hear the press conference. Is it MCL, okay? Yeah. Wow. It, it's when he got hit because he, he didn't come back in after he got injured he against. Did that kind of day on. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's out for the year. They're down. To, but that forces Deion Colsey and Lorenzo Styles on the field. Okay. Well, great. Good. Good. Great. I mean, I, look, I don't want Notre Dame to be in a position where they've only got six scholarship right. wide and receivers. I definitely I'll, don't want Joe Wilkins to be hurt because he's a great kid. But, 100%. But, but I get your point. But. I mean, if that's what it takes to get these guys on the field, then right. okay, because right. they need to be on the field. Exactly. And so, yeah. to me, that perimeter matchup is the biggest one for me because not only is it impactful in the game, yes, but it's impactful. It's going to tell me something about what's the character of this receiving core. Correct. And that is a question. That is, I don't have any doubt about the talent of this receiving core. None. The things we've seen them do when they're in out of you know when they're doing what they need to do backs up exactly what we thought about this group. And that is that it's really talented. It's just they lack the coaching, in my opinion. But at the same time, I think sometimes they lack the football character to really be a great unit, yeah. other than Avery Davis. So I, I need to see that. I need to see Braden Lindsay step up and say, "Hey, I, you know, all the all the doubts that people have about me about you know maybe I don't love football and all this. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you this weekend, right?" Yeah, uh, Kevin Austin. Look, you're all the talent. You want to go play in the NFL? Hey, you got to show me something this weekend. So I think to me that's the biggest matchup for me. That that I mean, there it's hard it's hard for me to say any others skill wise. I mean, I, I think Notre Dame. This is going to be a well, good matchup. I mean, yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because you know I I told you I was kind of more big picture. Mm-hmm. The first matchup I have is Notre Dame wide receivers versus the secondary because. I mean, you nailed it. You nailed exactly what I was thinking, and I, I didn't have the specific guy versus guy or anything, but it, it's time for this Notre Dame wide receiving core to step up. And a, a bigger piece of that is I need to see them making some catches maybe that they're not supposed to make. Help out their quarterbacks because the quarterbacks have been struggling. We, we, we documented it, right? Not, the, the three of them didn't play very well in the last game. You know, I always told my receivers, and I, I'm sure that you said something along these lines when you were a wide receiver coach, uh, or maybe I'm just nuts, but I would tell my receivers, look, it's our job to make the quarterbacks look good. Like, you mm-hmm. got to catch the – if you have any option of catching, you have to catch the football. We need to make the quarterback look good. That's our job. Uh, and I don't know that they're doing a great job of that right now. Right. You know what I mean? I, they Not right enough. There. Yeah, wide receivers enough. are lacking consistency. I completely agree with that, Ethan, and that's – that's where I need to see them take another step, right? As a group, as, as a group, they need to take that other step because, look, Avery Davis is doing a pretty darn good job. He's catching pretty much everything that comes his way. So I, I but he, but he's part of the group. So I'm lumping him in there with but everybody he's else. He's the leader. He's, yeah, he he's is. The, he's the fifth year senior. He's the captain. He's got to be the one to get in Braden Lindsay's face and say, "Knock that freaking crap off!" Right. Exactly. You know what I mean, when you're Could dropping 39 yard touchdowns, you're not allowed to show up to quarterback. Okay. When you're getting hit right in the hands, when you're smoking, dude, you're not allowed to show up the quarterback. Okay? Right, right. You, 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 you stop that nonsense and go play ball. Right. Yeah. That's absolutely. what a leader is supposed to do. And that's uh, what and, we need. And, and this yeah. is where this is where I think Jack Cohn's personality has hurt this team a little bit. And it's not a knock on Jack Cohn. It's just right? not who he is. Because the coaches should be the ones dealing with this, yes. but they're not. Is the first time that Braden Lindsay shows me up for me not throwing him the ball? He and me, me and him are gonna have a little come to Jesus moment when we come on the sidelines the next time off the field. Hey, mm-hmm. you ever show me up like that again, I'm going to have a hard time reading to your side of the field. I'm just telling you, you know, right now. <laughs> right. I'm going to really feel good about my matchups with Michael Mayer and, and, and Kevin Kevin Austin. <laughs> now, you're funny. not really going to do that, but you're going to tell no, him No, but that. it's just funny the you way know what you I mean? said it is all. Uh, yeah. But, but, but we, we don't have that. We haven't seen that kind of personality on offense yet, a quarterback or receiver. And that kind of goes back to our original conversation of we need some leadership on this football team. Right. Yep. The next matchup for me is the offensive tackles against Amari Bardo. This kid is really good football player, and he's a re- he's so raw, but he's really twitchy and athletic. He's just long and athletic. Yes. is the thing yeah. with him, and that's yeah. where it's where Notre Dame's tackles could be in trouble. <laughs> I think this is a really good matchup as well. Well, because they haven't required that that offensive you know the offensive tackles haven't required the defensive ends be necessarily overly fundamentally sound or. Um, overly anything. I mean, they're just getting beat with simple moves. I mean, just simple speed moves or simple inside moves, or it doesn't take a whole lot to to really beat this offensive line, if we're going to be honest with you. 
And so they're going to need to be on top of their game because this is a kid that can can wreck a game. I mean, he is, and he's still a developing football player. You know, Vince, he had one couple sacks against North Carolina, and you know, he had some moments last year where he was able to take over a game, and he's, he's a talented pass rusher and a guy that I'm concerned about when I look at this matchup of the Notre Dame offensive line against uh, against – the the Virginia Tech front because you know Virginia Tech doesn't have a super talented defensive line like there's I, you know other than Barno who's still a emerging player he still has a long way to go but he's a guy that to me you know he he's got some tools the rest of those guys to me are not elite players but they're really good fundamentally sound tough get after it know how to play the game kind of guys and that's what makes them effective and makes them dangerous so you know, I think those are things that 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 concern me about that matchup because if they can't protect the quarterback, I don't care who you put in a quarterback. They they need to give them time. On the flip side of this is, if they're able to give Jack Cone time, if if whether it's Joe Alt or Tosh Baker or Michael Carmody or or Josh Slug, whoever's playing tackle, and we have no clue who that's going to be, if you can give Jack Cone time to throw the ball, you are going to be able to be successful against Virginia Tech's defense because I do think Notre Dame has some matchup advantages that they can take advantage of. I don't think that Virginia Tech is a – they're a good front seven, but you can run on them. A li, you know, you can gash them. I don't think you can consistently – like to me, they're too well coached. They're too good to just consistently move off the ball and push off the ball. But, you know, the way they play, you can open up some creases. as a big play. So I think that – the flip side is, is that if you can protect the quarterback, there are some advantages. And then that, that kind of ties into my second matchup. Uh, my second matchup of this game uh, is about is about uh, Jarrett Patterson against uh, the nose tackle Jordan. There's two of them that I really like. Uh, Jordan Williams and Narelle Pollard. Narelle Pollard was a really good football player for Virginia Tech last year. I, I like him quite a bit. Uh, he's a guy that I considered for you know being an, an all opponent team when I did my all opponent team uh, breakdown this year. He was a guy that that I had in that conversation because I thought last year he's a really good football player, and he's you know he's a short kid. He's not real big. He's listed at six foot two eighty, but he's real quick, real, plays with great leverage. I love how he plays the game, and he's a guy that can come out and give you some problems. And so Jarrett Patterson is going to have to be on top of his game this week. You need your All American. You need your captain to play well. And, and that's the, you know, that's going to be one of the keys. And we have, we have several super chats about the offensive line too. So we'll just go ahead and get those out there. Garth Cassidy, thank you for super chat. Could all of the offensive players sign a petition to get rid of Jeff Quinn as the offensive line coach and take it to Jack's Warbeck? O-line is depressing. I would hope the players would never do that. There's a right way and a wrong way to deal with that. And that's not the right way to deal with that, in my opinion. But yeah, I, th I think they can make it known. And we've seen past Notre Dame lines make it known. The Notre Dame players after 2018 went to, Coach Kelly and asked him to bring in Chris Watt. He relented the first year, but then they did it again the next year, and he finally gave in and brought in Chris Watt, and that played uh, paid huge dividends for them. And you know, so I mean, something like that would be more advantageous than a petition to to get rid of him. I, I would never want to see players doing that unless it was a an ethical thing, you know, like like it was with Brian Van Gorder. Jacob Dunn said, "Will the offensive line give up more than ten sacks plus false starts combined on Saturday night?" I mean, that's that's kind of partly why we're talking about this matchup. Jacob is because they need to play better. If if that not, if the answer to that is yes or anything close to yes, then it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a very long night, and and that's kind of that's kind of the, the the concern that I have. And that's why, really, I mean, I talked about Austin and Lindsey, but other than that, I mean, my two next matchups are the offensive tackles and and Jared Patterson. They're going to have to play well. Uh, and until they do, uh, this this team is going to continue to struggle to score points. So that's my matchups. It's 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 uh, the tackles against Amari Barno and then it's Jarrett Patterson against Jordan Williams and Narelle Pollard. So those are my offensive matchups that I'm most concerned about. Before we dive into the defensive one, I did want to get this super chat from Lawrence Adams. Lawrence had had a bad feeling last week, same feeling this week, haven't played four good uh, quarters in a row yet. Unfortunately, I think 1913 Virginia, Virginia Tech wins. God, I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're wrong too, because that is not <laughs> going to be a fun, a fun situation to watch this team uh, drop a couple in a row and then have to sit on that for two weeks. So, Vince, did you get booted out of your classroom? Because you got a little different backup there. <laughs> I sure did. So, somebody okay. came in. They're like, "We're using this room." Uh, okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I got outranked, outmaneuvered, and okay. outflanked. So. But I figured so, it out, so I'm so back. This is a bad sign because Vince is clearly not. You know, the preparation for Vince isn't there today. You know, his execution is. <laughs> but but 
he bounced back. He's that's bound right. to adversity, and that's the key. That's the that's key, right. right? There's leadership involved here, so, so I'm here. Defensive matchups, I think it's going to be very similar to the first one when we start. It's it's whoever's matched up against yeah. Trey Turner you and got primarily it. Clarence Lewis. You yes. know, look, Clarence had a solid start to the season. I thought the corners played really well the first few games. Wisconsin started to pick on him a little bit. As, as they noticed him being in the boundary, which is, again, the, the sort of the one-on-one position, Right. Uh, team started to go at him more. And Wisconsin had success. They had some catches on him, beat him for a touchdown, beat him for a 22-yard gain on the, the first, play, first or second play of the game. And then they beat him again in the second quarter, but the ball was overthrown. I mean, he was beat by several steps on that play. And so, to me, Virginia Tech is going to say, hey, we're going to get our receivers matched up against Clarence Lewis. And the one that really concerns me is 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 uh, Trey Turner. Now, obviously, oh, Caleb yeah. Smith is going to be concerning. Caleb's a big-bodied kid, 6'2", 215, very similar to Alec Pierce uh, from Cincinnati, who obviously gave Clarence Lewis a lot of problems this past weekend, really torched Notre Dame. But Trey Turner's the one. Trey Turner's the – look, here's the deal. I got a ton of respect for what Virginia Tech does on defense. They're a really good defense. In my opinion, this is the best defense Notre Dame's going to face from here to the end of the season. And I think when it's all said and done, they're going to be arguably the second best defense that is going to play all season with Cincinnati having been the best so far. Uh, Wisconsin's in that conversation as well, but there's not a lot of good defenses on the schedule. This is one of them. This is a really good defense. I The offense is not good. It hasn't been good. They're averaging 23 points a game. They make exactly. Notre Dame's offense look explosive. <laughs> you're right. You know? that, I mean, because look, right. they scored 20 points against Richmond. They lost 27-21 to West Virginia, who I believe is, is I mean, what are they, 3-2, and 2-3? Two, two and three? I, I I can't remember what they did this past weekend. But, you know, it's it's they scored seven. I mean, they beat North Carolina, but they scored 17 points, and then they scored 35 points on Middle Tennessee. And Middle Tennessee isn't exactly a – a juggernaut of a football team. So, right. you know, their offense is not good, but there's always the but when it comes to football, and that's what I love about it. Well, yeah. It's do you have that individual that if he if you don't have a proper plan for him or you don't execute against him, you could be in trouble. And to me, that player is Trey Turner for this offense. No question. They have to keep no him question. from taking this game over. And, and just because what here's, – here's the concern. Is, is he going to catch 17 balls? No. I'm not talking about like that – that kind of thing. But what he can do is he can hit three 30, 40-yard bombs that completely fit, flip the field and give a mediocre offense, short, you know, short you know, right. scores or short, yeah. short fields to work on. That is how they can then make plays. And that, to me, is my concern. That is where I get real nervous about, about this. Because when Trey Turner's good, this offense is pretty good. And and at least it is in the past game, and so that's that's really when I when I look at this, Vince, that's my real real big concern about this. Well, game. that that's the first one I had written down too. I I mean I had Trey Turner versus whoever is guarding him is what I wrote down, mm-hmm. and you're right, it's probably going to be Clarence Lewis, and Virginia Tech's going to do what they need to do to make sure that that's the case because Clarence Lewis has shown at least the last few weeks that he's the weak link in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, it just by by the way, West Virginia's two and three. Yeah. They've right. lost Oklahoma and Texas Tech. They lost a Texas Tech at home this weekend. Right. Right. So, yeah, um, I, I just yeah. – Trey Turner can cover up warts on your offense. And that's, that. That's I think, what you were getting at mm-hmm. is that if he's getting loose and now and, – and, and if he's getting loose in the way that Freeman has already designed his defense, right, and so now he has to adjust to take care of uh, Trey Turner – well, now other parts of the offense can then kind of take advantage of that. They can a mediocre run game can then start to take off maybe just a little bit, or maybe Burmeister starts getting out of the pocket because there's not as much of a rush. They're not devoting as many guys to keeping him, you know, contained. And so now he gets a little bit loose, right? Or mm-hmm. now that you're con- you're devoting more energy to covering Trey Turner, well, now somebody else is one on one, and maybe they get loose, right? Mm-hmm. So. He's kind of the caveat to what this offense is, and that's what worries me because he is that good. Right. Um, and so Notre Dame's going to have to do, you know, they're going to have to prevent Clarence Lewis from being matched up with him one on one all the time. Right. That's just going to be a Marcus Freeman thing. He's and, yeah, and he's going to so in my Time to Shine article, the first two guys I mentioned was Clarence Lewis number one and Houston Griffith num- Griffith number two. Because as you saw last week, Vince Houston did not do a good job of getting off the hash last week. Right, he was often he was late, late to get off the hash. Uh, 
part of that was because they were also attacking the seams really effectively. And and so I think part of that was good scheme by Mike Dembrock. Shocker, Mike Dembrock, you know, had a well-coached game plan. Uh, right. No one should be surprised by that. You know my respect for Mike Dembrock. But that's the thing is, is, is Houston has to do a better job in that, which then leads me into my second matchup, which is uh, J.D. Bertrand against whoever the tight ends and running backs that they're in slots they're going to throw at him. Jay, look, if you're here's what coaches do. You know who you are. You're going to run what you do, but you're going to watch previous games and you're going to say, okay, these teams are picking on six and they're having success. Man, 27, the first couple games you watch, boy, this 27 kid is a monster against the run. Boy, he's just coming down. He's everywhere around the ball. Yeah. So what did Cincinnati do? Okay, fine. This guy's good. We're not going to let this guy blow us up in a run game. So we're just going to have, we're going to make him cover. And that's what they did. They ran yep. seams at him, drags at him. They, they were able to beat him down the field and get him out of his game. Well, Virginia Tech coaches say, hey, how can we do that within the framework of our offense? And that's what they're going to do. They're going to put slots into the boundary and, and force him to, to, to step out of the box. They're going to put tight ends there. They're going to have running backs running routes against him. J.D. against whoever he's matched up against is another bounce, is another one because I think J.D.'s been really good up until this point in time the season. But for me, Vince, I need to see him – bounce back and Absolutely. again it's, it, it's it's this is his first adversity he's faced as a starter how does he bounce back i think he's gonna bounce back well but we need to see it right right he's got to show it he does so for me that's my that's my next matchup well that makes a lot of sense because look jd didn't have a great game in pass coverage he still did he still did what he needed to do in the run game but his pass coverage left a lot to be desired it was the first time i was watching film back on sunday and i was like whoa jd what was that like you know, it was it, I had negative things written down about JD Bertrand, right? And it was consistent in the past game. Done this year, I mean, he's not at all, really not at all. And so you're right. You know, again, is it an isolated situation where he just had a bad game because he was peeking in the backfield, etc.? Or is that kind of a glimpse into what things are going to be like? I personally think it's it's an aberration. I don't think that's going to be JD Bertrand. I think he's too good of a player for that, and I think he's too. Uh, he works too hard in the film room and, and things of that nature for that to be who he is. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he bounces back because my confidence level in him bouncing back is pretty high. Um, and if, it, if he doesn't, that will shock me. I, I mean, to be honest with you, that will really shock me if he doesn't bounce back in this game. And the last one is is kind of what it's going to be every week. It's going to be the ends versus the tackles. You know, Myron and Foskey and Batelho and and look that last touchdown drive. They didn't have Adam Yola on the field, who I, I think was banged up at the time. They didn't have Foskey on the field, and guess what? Cincinnati goes down the field and scores. Yeah, right. And so you're going to need Foskey to be good. You're going to need Myron to be good because they they need to make sure Virginia Tech can't run. They haven't been a good running team, and you can't let a team that hasn't been good running the ball run the ball on you. You have to right. shut it down. Yep, and that's going to be about the ends really coming down, being physical. You know, tightening up the boxes. You know, tightening up the run lanes. You know, with with setting the edge effectively, and then of course I got to get after the quarterback. Braxton Burmeister is not a great quarterback. He's he's kind of mediocre as a passer. Mm -hmm. You if you if you harass him consistently, he will make mistakes. Yes, and so the tack the ends need to to be able to come off the ball and and be disruptive. I mean, we don't need to dive into it. It's it's what we always talk yeah. about. It just it's another matchup that I'm looking forward to watching this weekend. And it's yep. important. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Before we get into the keys, Brian, I, I we got a couple super chats, so I want to hit those before we change topics. John A1 hitting us with a super chat. Thanks, John. He says, what else are the receivers struggling with other than press coverage? What needs 
to happen. I think it's focus, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. I think at times there's a focus issue. What that means is not watching the ball all the way in, kind of turning before you get it to, to run, you know, that kind of a thing. And, and then uh, competing on 50-50 balls. Uh, I, I think that overall, now we've seen some, some success there, uh, but overall I think that needs to be better. Uh, there needs to be more of a compete uh, for me. I think it all boils down to that first one. Because I think when they get knocked off course, they don't really know how to react to it. So everything that right. I see that's wrong comes off of that. You know, it's the the mesh of the of the receiving the pass routes is not good, and a lot of that is because they're getting jammed and rerouted. So we've talked about that in past games. You know, we talked right. about the Purdue game where, you know, Avery Davis is running the seam route and Braden Lindsey's about to break open on about a 15, 20 yard in cut, and he's about to be wide open. Jack Cohn's looking for, him, but then Avery gets jammed up. He's right there, and Braden has to stop. And now Jack's there's nowhere to go with the football, sack, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Like the, the the if you did you watch the film that I told you to watch, Vince, uh, comparing the receivers and just the get off of Cincinnati against Notre Dame. It's 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 a noticeable difference in urgency yes. coming off the line. Yep, that's part of it. It's you know they're not super super sharp with their top ends, but if you do, it, I've always said this. Top ends are important. I, I mean, we we worked on top ends every day. We worked on there's like three. There's basically kind of like four different types of top ends, right? There's the stop cuts. There's the speed cuts. Uh, there's the, the you know sort of the in and out breaking cuts a little sharper. And then there's the the vertical top ends, right? We worked on those every day when I was a coach. But but they were to me they were the. I mean, if everything else is good, the top end doesn't have to be as good. Sure. Yep. And and so to me, it's all the stuff leading up to that that's just not good. This is a very poorly coached football you know, group of receivers. They don't, you know, like, for example, they don't understand about stacking the opponent. So there was a play, Tobias Merriweather, a freaking senior in high school, puts out a, high, a highlight tape, and I, and I tweeted about it, but he gets off and he kind of does like a quick stu- inside stutter move, freezes the corner, then gets vertical, and then stacks him. So what that means is, so like if I'm the receiver and this is a corner, and, and I beat him off the ball and I stay outside, He's just going to eventually catch up and get on me, and then I'm covered. When I beat him a step, I need to then stack him and get him on my back hip because now he's shielded from the football, right? And they don't do that at all. They just kind of go outside, and then the, they let the corners catch up, and the corners get in, in into coverage mode. And that's coaching. And that that's coaching. And they don't do that at all. Right. None of them. And so when you're seeing that from your whole group, it's 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 a problem, you mm-hmm. know? And, and so – it's just a lot of those things, John. But at the end of the day, the ability to get off the line is the beginning of all those problems, in my opinion. Got a few more here. Tommy uh, hitting us with a super chat. Thanks, Tommy. Says, plan A never survives contact with the enemy. Adaptability is necessary. Adapt and overcome. Good job, Vince. Hey, yep. got to do what you got to do. I couldn't just not come back. Vince setting the example for Notre Dame this weekend, right? Trying. I'm doing adversity. my best. Overcome adversity. <laughs> That's right. Jim with the super chat. Thanks, Jim. Uh, it says, good luck to the Irish this week. Uh, it will be the Bear. It'll help the Bearcats resume moving forward. Hey, you want to come into our thing and troll and pay us? Go for it. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, troll away, man, because you're right. It will yeah. help the Bearcats resume. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you want to pay us? Cool. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you the man. Uh, our guy, John Klimek, uh, with the super chat, JD's snap count had to be high too. Did Kali see the field? I don't remember. him. I don't yeah. think he did. I, I I'm not as worried him. about snap count for linebackers. To be honest with you. I, I, yeah. I don't think that's as, yeah, it's not as, as much of a concern, but yeah. And the final super chat that we've got in the queue, Lucas Chapman. Thank you, Lucas. I'm afraid the woes on offense are becoming more of a culture issue than anything else. It needs to be nipped in the bud. And if that means benching guys, then so be it. I'd rather see max effort. I, yeah. I got two things to say about this. Number one, tremendous job of the proper use of nipped in the bud. So many people say nipped in the butt. And it's not it's right. Like, That's not that right makes at all. No sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. <laughs> but so great job there. But I think his overall point, Vince, is I mean, his first sentence is a thousand percent spot on and i know that's not a real thing it's for emphasis a thousand percent spot on uh great great observation lucas and, and i'm with you yeah. i mean to me that's that's that last sentence is is really where he brings it home the last two sentences after the nipping in the bud thing it's it, that's that's called a culture and that's called accountability and you're creating a culture of count hey i don't care if you're a freaking senior if you're not exactly. busting your tail i'm gonna play fra- i'm gonna play lorenzo 
right? Because yep. I know Lorenzo wants to be out there. If you're not doing it, then I'm going to play Dion because I know Dion wants to be out there. Hey, you know, Takis, man, I love you, buddy. You're talented and all that. But if you're not going if you're not going to give me more of this, I'm going to put Kane Barong out there because I know he wants to be out there. I know he's chomping at the bit to get out there. You know what I mean? Yep. And so uh, to me, that's, th this that's is what this thing, this right here is what makes good programs really yes. good. It's yes. that, okay, you're the starter, but you're getting pushed every day. And you know that the coach isn't afraid to pull the trigger if you're yes. not doing your job. And, and there's a guy that will step in right in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's what makes programs They've tolerated so good. poor play on offense for years because yeah. the guy's veteran, he knows the offense. Well, you know right. what? Lessen down the offense. Put the guy that's going to have the tryhard, who's also talented. That's the reason you freaking recruit every year, right? So if you don't want to bring it, you know, because look, here's you want to know why Alabama doesn't have letdowns like Notre Dame does and why they're so good in big games. There's it's it's the culture. It's It's talent. Sure, it's talent, right? They have talented teams. Of course they do. No one's arguing that. But they also are a well-coached team that shows up mentally and emotionally for big games. They, they do. And, and part of that is the overall culture. But another part of that is, is they know if you don't show up today. Look, Jaleel Billingsley was a guy that people were talking about as a first-round draft pick and the top tight end in the draft. He hardly played the first couple games. Why? Because he wasn't putting in the work. And Nick Saban said, hey, I don't know who the heck you think you are, but right. there's three dudes behind you just as good as you. Right, and so exactly. they're playing Cameron Latou. And now, now that Jaleel Billingsley's back in the rotation, he's playing better football. But the message was sent to that entire football team. I don't give a crap who you are or what NFL people th say about you. You're going to live up to the standard we've set here at the University of Alabama, which is about, you know, about how you prepare, how you go about your business on a daily basis. And if you don't do that, hey, this is why we recruit number one classes every year. Because I don't it. have to put up with that bull crap from you. You got okay? it. I'm going to put somebody else out there. Notre Dame's refusal to have that sort of standard to people who again, it's not such about production per se. It's about it's about the preparation, it's about the attitude, it's about the want to. And those things to me have been have been severely lacking at Notre Dame on offense the last couple of seasons. And and it shows in the end result. Absolutely. Keys to the game, Brian. Let's let's. Uh, I'm running out of time here, so I would definitely want to hit the keys to the game. Let's start on offense because that's how we did our matchups. Uh, your keys to an offensive vic victory for Notre Dame. Well, <laughs> I got to be careful no, what I say here. No, but, it's keys to an offensive yeah, victory. I mean, if yeah. they do these things, I yeah, think right. okay. I mean, there's there's a lot of things we could do. Move the chains, yeah. be on third right. down, red zone, all that. But I, I, to me, it's more big. I'm going to go bigger picture for my three keys. My nice. first one is. I want to see you come out early with a fast start, which includes tempo. Fast start literally and figuratively. Fast start meaning you need to get some early points. You need to get the crowd mm -hmm. out of the game. You can't throw it, you know, touchdown. You can't throw in, you know, can't go down the field on your first drive and throw a freaking interception, right? Or fumble the ball, or, or you got to get point. You got to get six, right? Get the crowd out of the game. But I want to see them put Virginia Tech on their heels, literally, meaning coming out, mo quick motions, get lined up, get the ball snapped, get it out, run the ball, throw the ball, perimeter, all that kind of stuff. Yep. I want to see them spread it out. I want to see more 11 personnel. I want to see 21. I want to see 20 personnel. I want to see them spreading out. I want to see RPOs. I want to see them attacking the perimeter of the field. Force those linebackers to work out, which then mm -hmm. opens up the inside mm -hmm. run game. And then the last part is, is and this is not, this is, this is, I mean, this is the big thing. I don't expect the offensive line to have figured out all the problems and pick up how to do twists and all that stuff. It's just, I don't see that happening. But you better be physical. You, you better bring it. And, and if you can compete. do that, you're at least going to be able to do enough because you don't need to score 70 points to win this game. Your defense is going to is going to do its job. you got to battle. you got to battle from start to finish. And if you don't do that, then I'm having wholesale changes on the offensive line next week, the next mm -hmm. game. And, right, because you, you got the bye week. Yeah, There's no excuse not to battle. Right. No excuse not to battle. Anyone well, you, different you, for you, Vince? Well, you took my tempo one, and that's fine. And we kind of talked about it in the matchups, but I have the wide receivers need to dominate. So mm -hmm. I'm not we don't need to go into more detail on that because we kind of talked about it already. My last one is you, whoever the quarterback is, you need to give them a chance. And I think that kind of goes along with your RPOs of getting the ball in the perimeter and all of that. You have to do stuff that's going to make them successful, right? A game plan, whoever it is, just sitting in the pocket and going through three, four reads, it's not going to work. I mean, we, we've established mm -hmm. that. So whoever the quarterback is, let's say it's Tyler Buckner, right? you have to give him an opportunity to be successful and it's not just running up the middle, right? You have to have a better game plan for him, right? If it, if 
whatever. All three quarterbacks have their niches. We've talked about it. We talked about it on Monday, right? So whoever it is, you have to give them a chance to be successful. Mm -hmm. Defensively, Vince, what are your keys on defense? Defensively, it, it's real simple. You know, number one, you've got to lock down Trey Turner. We talked about that in the matchups. That that's an absolute crossing must. that off my list. Yeah, that's an absolute must. And my second, I only had two. My second one is don't let Burmeister become the runner that he wants to be. Yeah, because he wants to run the ball. He doesn't want to throw the ball. He wants to run the ball, and you have to contain him. Don't let him be that guy. Keep him in the pocket. Make him throw the ball. If he's throwing the ball, a lot of good things are going to happen for Notre Dame. So for me, defensively, I kind of wrapped up three things. You wrapped up my three things into one. I have shut down – I had four, shut down the run. One was the trade – you have to have a trade turner plan, right? You have to. Number one, you have to shut down the run. You have to make it – don't let them be balanced. They're not a real good running team. If you allow them to run the ball, it's going to make defending the quarterback in the pass game even harder. Uh, You have to shut down the run, which comes from pressuring and and dominating at the line of scrimmage, right? Which is kind of two two into one. Mm -hmm. And then you got to limit big plays. That's been the kryptonite for this defense all year. And still, even last week, Cincinnati did not consistently move the ball on Notre Dame. It was four big plays. That's it. You have to limit those. You have to have a better plan. You have to get rid of the whole, you know, if Isaiah Fossey's on the field and he's not attacking downhill 100 miles an hour, that's a coaching fail. Right. That, that's just there's no other way around it. That's a coaching fail. And, and so you need to limit the big plays. If you if you can force Virginia Tech, I say Virginia Tech's not good enough to simply consistently move the ball up and down the field. They couldn't do it right. on anybody. They couldn't Absolutely do it on agreed. anybody not named Middle Tennessee. They couldn't right. do it on Richmond. They couldn't do it on West Virginia. They couldn't do it on North Carolina. They're not going to be able to limit, do it against Notre Dame. Limit the big plays and they don't score. It's right. simple as that. Limit yep. the big plays. They don't score. Not not real hard this week. Again, no. this is a want to week. This is a, this is a gut check week. This isn't a out scheme them and all. No, this is. Do you want it more than they do? Because if you yes. do, you're going to win because you have better players. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So Vince, let's get into your prediction time. Let's do it. Let's, let's you do go it and start. What's your prediction? Well, again, it's it's low scoring for me. Uh, I have lost a lot of faith in the offense, but what I have not lost is my faith that if they get a short field, that they're going to score a touchdown. And so my faith in the defense turning Virginia Tech over kind of is why I put the score where I have it. Um, I've got Notre Dame winning 17 to 10. Again, not super high score. And I mean, look, that's only 27 total points, right? Three weeks ago, I thought that that would be crazy. Four weeks ago, right? I, I, Notre Dame has the ability to score so many points. They're just not doing it. They're, the offense is sputtering. They're not doing it, right? So uh, I think they get a couple turnovers, and I think it gives them a short field. I think they get a couple touchdowns um, that way. And then, you know, a field goal would be great. Uh, not sure it's going to be Jonathan Doerr kicking it. It might be the other kid. Uh, but they, they'll get a field goal in there somewhere. So, uh, again, Notre Dame's defense is good enough. They are really good against this Virginia Tech offense that's not very good. Uh, ten points is a lot to me, honestly, with Virginia Tech against this defense. But I gave them ten uh, just because I think there might be a big play in there someplace where it puts them in position to score a touchdown. The other thing, too, Vince, is, is you have Notre Dame only scoring 17, and you also said one of those 17 is going to come on a short field, which means there's a lot of punting involved. Yeah. And I don't care how bad a team is. If you keep giving them the ball back, eventually they're going to have a play that allows them to get right. a touchdown. And that's kind of right. how I see it. You know, I, I have it 20 to 10. I, I also see the Notre Dame defense setting up a score. I, I see it 20 10 as in Notre Dame kind of pulling away late. I, this game should not be this close because Virginia Tech doesn't. I mean, this game should look a lot like last week's game or the Wisconsin game before the late rally, uh, 24 to 2017 or 27, 24 to 27 to 10 to 13 kind of game is how it should yeah. look. Obviously, last week it was in Cincinnati's favor, but that's how this game should look. I got Cincinnati's um, points on the money last week, but the problem yeah. was Notre Dame didn't hold up their end of the bargain right. for me. It should be that kind of game. I just. I, Look, the off. It'd be nice if the offense showed up and finally broke out and and all that kind of stuff. But at this point in time, they're 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 so going in the wrong direction. I, I it it would be irresponsible for me to come out and predict that they're going to turn it around. I think the Notre Dame defense, however, is going to come out this week pretty fired up and pissed off. And okay. I think they're going to play hard. I think they're going to force Virginia Tech to make mistakes. I think defensive line is going to take this game over. I think that's where this game is going to be for me. I I I have not seen anything for me that has shaken my confidence in the Notre Dame defensive line. Last Agreed. week they didn't shake it. 
I, th- I think week before, I mean, they've played really, really, really good football all year and Agreed. they're not making the mistakes anymore. So I think they're going to dominate this game. This is not, if Virginia tech had a good offense, just a solid offense, I'd be real nervous about this game, real nervous. And I get people being concerned and nervous because of what we saw last week. Virginia tech's not Cincinnati. Right. And, and they don't have the weapons all around that Cincinnati had at quarterback at running, at, you know, running back at receiver and definitely at tight end. And I think this defense is going to do what they need to do. So I, I don't see the Virginia Tech scoring a bunch on Notre Dame unless it's the offense giving up points. That's the only thing that concerns right. me. Right. Is it, but again, they the offense gave up ten points last week, and they still only allowed Cincinnati to score twenty four points. So um, that that's where I'm at. So Vince, you want to roll through, scroll through here, some predictions here, you, you, some more of those as we I work am- through it, and then we'll wrap up. I am scrolling. You know, want to make sure I get everybody's in there. Um, and I see some questions on there. Like I see Connor O'Doherty asking me about Kyron Williams' performance. You know, look, I, I think Kyron's had a good year so far. That's a good. That's for. That's a good question for tomorrow, Connor. If you're able to make the chat tomorrow, I'd love to talk more about that. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.